When you reflect back to coming up in your career, what was the best advice that you got that really made an impact in who you are today? Now, I'll share a quick story. I turned my eyes to a leader and said, what do I need to get ahead? And they said, get your MBA. Hmm. Another time, I didn't get a job offer. And when I asked the hiring person, I said, what was missing? They said, well, you're not PCQI certified. And it doesn't really matter what those acronyms mean. The fact is that it was a bunch of certifications, letters, that in the end, I suggest are meaningless. And then I had an interview with Jack Brendamore, and I asked him, what should the CEOs and leaders of tomorrow to get ahead? And this is why I enjoyed the interview so much. He and the brand that he represents and all the people around him, he is truly a human-centric leader. Let's listen. You know, first and foremost, just always lead by example, especially early on. Be the first one there, last one to leave if, if your life allows that. And then finding the best in people. Like you, it's so easy to look at someone and be like, oh, they're not doing this great. Instead, try and uh, recognize and congratulate them for the good they are doing and then provide those tools and resources and guidance to help them grow the, the qualities that you may want to go to at first when you're thinking about them professionally and, and caring about people personally. You really need to. It, you should want to do that, but to actively show them that you care about them personally is so important as a leader. Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the Drop-In CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. Hello, I am Deb Coviello, founder of Illumination Partners, and I am so grateful that you have joined us on another episode of the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I have the honor of speaking to amazing leaders week after week so they can share their insights with you. If you like this episode, please subscribe, rate, review, and share with others so we can continue to bring you great programming. And today it is my honor to introduce to you Jack Brendamore. Jack is the CEO and co-owner of Junk King, Cincinnati, Dayton, and Louisville. He is a husband of seven years to his wonderful wife, Julianne, who is a third grade teacher. They're very blessed to have their hands full at home with twin one-year-old daughters and a four-year-old son. Jack is a philanthropist and focuses much of his energy on ways to help local nonprofits and also the environment through his business. He is also the proud board member of the Dragonfly Foundation. And outside of his career, Jack enjoys spending time with his family, everything outdoors, and watching and playing sports. Jack, it is my honor to welcome you onto the show. Thank you so much for having me, Deb. I'm excited to be here. 
So I have the distinct pleasure of knowing Jack a little bit more personally. I have toured your facility in Cincinnati and the story, the backstory is so amazing. I'm also grateful, a shout out to Judy Heil, who made the introduction to an amazing business as well as an amazing leader. I think what's going to be so important is that the work you do, yes, you have to lead a business, but it has such a social impact as well, the work that you do. So I would love for you to take some time and share a little bit about yourself personally, your business journey, and the work that you're doing now. Absolutely. I could talk all day on that. I grew up in a a family of entrepreneurs. My family had a sporting goods store in Cincinnati that grew to, I think, seven or eight states, 15, 16 stores. And then they uh, left that business and my uncles and my father all owned businesses. And I kind of grew up with the mentality of, I'm going to be a business owner and a leader someday. So it was instilled in myself and my four, my three brothers. I was one of four brothers. I actually went into my family's business out of college, worked there for seven, eight years. And I call it divine intervention now, but something told me that that's not where I want to be forever. And I left the family business, hiked part of the Appalachian Trail with my younger brother who just left college, went to Italy with my wife before we had kids and and ended up meeting uh, the gentleman who started Junk King, Peter McCreary, by selling him something on Craigslist, just uh, a completely random encounter. And and from there, we we talked several times and we decided to work together and help him grow what he had started into uh, what it is now today. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about him as I know you know his story as we go along here. Yeah, so that that's fantastic. That's what you do. But what I also want to know a little bit more about is actually just that. Because while you are now leading this amazing organization and trying to make an impact, I think the story about leading up to you taking on a more significant role in the organization is compelling and propelling you into the leadership role that you have now. It has, it is, and it has. I'm, I'm trying to grow myself every single day. So I'm, I'm young. I'm, I'm about to be 36 in a few weeks, and I'm leading an organization of 80-something people with four branches and, and 25 trucks. And it's something that I was thrown into. Peter McCreary passed away three years ago in a motorcycle accident. I was his COO of this business just growing so rapidly. And overnight, I had to become the CEO. And it, it was quite the different role. And, and I like to say onward and upward with Pete's values. And what we're able to do for the community is really what brought me here and, and keeps me around. And we have such an amazing culture. I remember when you came to take the tour of our recycling center, you said, Jack, I've been talking to you for probably 20 minutes now, and you haven't told me anything about what your company actually does as far as your service goes. And it's just a testament to my team, our culture, and, and what we do for the community is just such a neat thing. So one of the things I want to highlight for my listeners, again, I feel like I'm looking at Jack and then I'm looking at my listeners. Here was the most incredible thing that I recognized about a business. And again, sometimes we simply run a business. We have our, you know, our sales. We have to have certain level of profitability. We have to care for the people that work for us. But as I was looking at, yes, you help remove junk, things that people no longer need in their homes or their businesses, and you move them out and then you move them on. But what you do is that the output of that is helping the community. What you have that's no longer useful for somebody can be useful for somebody else. And so you bring communities together and the vehicle is simply the movement of junk. Your company is so much more than simply the service that you provide. Do you see it that way? I certainly do now. I can tell you after meeting Pete, 
on Craigslist and then our conversations, the last thing I wanted to do was to go into small business with the name Junk King. It was it was something I was almost embarrassed of as first coming on as the general manager with I think we only had eight employees five years ago and and it was just something that now I hold such a so much pride in the name Junk King. We're we're becoming one of the most loved brands in the community because of what we do with the stuff on the back end. You know, if we took everything straight to landfill, we'd make more money. But it's not who we are, it's not who Pete was, it's not who it's it's not who we want to be. And so we bring everything back, we sort it, and then we send it to over 50 local nonprofits. And it's just such a such a neat thing to see us be able to help the community like we do. So there was one compelling story, and I think it was perhaps Julie who was accompanying us on the tour who also shared this. But there was a story about you came into a large ramp, you know, used for people built for, for people with disabilities getting in and out of their their home. Can you tell me maybe a little bit more about that coming into your facility, but then how you were able to serve? The stories, the stories are the best part. I don't think a day goes by where there's not a story that can almost bring our employees or our customers or just our network to tears. It's such an amazing thing. The ramp sticks out because it was something that Julie was involved with. And I absolutely have to thank Julie for introducing us. She she left a, a career of years in industry where she was doing very well because she believed in what we were doing. And she's come on and helped us kind of graduate from the boys club and help us grow out of the small business. So the handicap ramp, we had a group come in through a a home that helps developmentally disabled adults. They came in for a nonprofit spotlight, which is I have this big nonprofit showcase when you walk in our recycling center, as you know, with the logos of over 50 nonprofits and the literature about them and and whatnot. So I had the St. Joseph home in here. And uh, actually, it was ramp it up where the ramp went, which helped basically handicapped people who needed ramps to get in and out of their houses. And these ramps are very expensive. And we were giving them a tour and there happened to be a ramp sitting right there. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a handicapped ramp sitting in our recycling center, but that day one came in and they ended up being able to pick it up that day and it went to home and it was just such a special, special thing that it happened that way. And it's, it's those stories every single day. So beautiful story. And I know and saw many, many of those stories, but I would love to now bring it a little bit back to you as a business owner. So five, six years have passed. You've grown, as you said, amazingly to 80 people, four branches, and I wish you continued success. But as a business owner now, what keeps you up at night? What are your current challenges now and you see in the future? And how are you tackling those? You know, listening to podcasts like yours helps me be able to put that foot forward because, you know, I've heard you so many times in different podcasts saying it's hard for a person to recognize all the good things they're doing and their their qualities and the life they lived is simply because they've lived it. And looking from the outside in, you can see that, you know, for me, it's the keeping up at night aspect of it is is not as difficult as the the day-to-day grind. For me, the communication is something I work on all the time. I feel like I apologize for miscommunication more often than not, which I try and be humble. You know, I don't like saying I'm the boss or the leader. I like to look at ourselves as a team and uh, just constantly trying to improve myself, my team and, and find the best in everybody. And that's beautiful. I mean, the thing that you have up on others is the fact that you do communicate because sometimes as companies, and this is always a watch out as you grow, to not lose that culture of what makes you guys work well together, that the mere fact you are communicating, you're 80% there because there are organizations that cascade information because they're too big to have the personal touch. And then things are lost in translation and misunderstood. At least in your case, 
you share the information and you're able to course correct, clarify, et cetera, because you're so close to your employees. We're actually getting to a new stage of the business where I used to know every employee's kids' names and their hobbies. And to give you an example, a year a year and a half ago on Christmas, leading up to Christmas, we we do our bonuses and things like that for Christmas. But this year I decided to get each employee a customized gift. And we had 50 something employees at that point. I mean, a monopoly about national parks for someone who likes the outdoors and, you know, just different little things that match their personality. And over the last year, it's got to the point where there are 20, 30 people that I barely even know, let may not even know their name. And it's it's a hard part of it. It's a hard crossroad for me to understand that that's just the nature of a, a growing business, but I don't want to lose that personal touch. So I always try and stay in communication with people and really take care of the, the middle level people who have that impact with everybody all the time. So I share that sentiment and I'll just share a little bit. Those of the, you who have listened to me, you know that I'm a curler. I'm also on the board of a growing curling club in the Cincinnati area. And I used to know everybody. And now I go, I'll curl on a different night. I don't recognize the people. But the common thread that brings us together is the sense of community. When people come into the club, they are welcomed by somebody at our bar. People will say good curling, introduce themselves. The culture and the sportsmanship and community is what brings together a growing organization, even if we can't personally know everybody. And I'm wondering for you, because it's a challenge, you don't know everybody. What is it that keeps everybody together lockstep? I'm curious. Well, we're blessed with with what we do on the back end, as we talked about before, just the amount of good we're able to do for the community, for the environment. I believe that any company is not, that is not outwardly going green and community focused is not going to be the best at what they do in their industry, both from a support of customer standpoint, but also the personnel that you have on your team. And I think that's, that's one of the neatest parts about Junk King and our ability to, to give back. So I'd love to just jump in here a little bit. So I have recently published The CEO's Compass, Your Guide to Get Back on Track. And in this book, I talk about different compass points where CEOs can be off track. But I want to acknowledge you because you've nailed a few of them. A few of them where a lot of leaders are off track, your sense of purpose, which is one of the compass points, that if a company hasn't properly communicated their sense of purpose, people may do a transaction, collect junk from people, but they don't see or support the bigger picture. So I just wanted to acknowledge you. And also there's two other compass points, which I'm hearing you saying is that maintaining that connectivity with your people you bring the past culture, you bring it forward, you're evolving it together. So in my book, I talk about recognizing the past of everybody and their diversity and their pride, their unique gifts, trying to find out something unique about them. Those two compass points, as we get larger, sometimes we lose track of that. And in your business, you hold tight to that because you know how valuable it is. I do. And we do. And and one thing I want to mention is, so so I briefly touched on Pete McCreary. He was just such a, a monumental part of who we are. And he was a, a gentleman who started the company and built it with integrity and honesty. And we reintroduce him to every employee when they're being onboarded uh, at full company meetings. We play videos of him and and I've, we've got pictures of him around the office with quotes he'd say and bumper stickers on the back of every truck and dumpster so he can guide every job forever. And it's it's really about the core values that you continue to reintroduce to your employees. And we like to say onward and upward. That's kind of in line with what you're saying, where we remember who we are and, and, and keep Pete in our spirits and, and move onward and upward in his, in his vision. I am so touched right now. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on, because again, 
what we do in business, again, it's a transaction and we have to make money because that's what makes us sustainable. But when you do it with purpose and connectivity and people can relate to the story and the vision, it is so powerful. So kudos to you as a leader for maintaining that. But I'd love to go in another direction. So you are the leader. And I know Junking is a larger franchise, a larger entity. So I'm sure there is support. But when you are seeking advice or not sure of decisions that you're making, what do you pull on as your support to give you that a validation or guidance so you know the right decisions going forward? Well, I always start with my wife, right? My, my wife, Julianne, is just so amazing. We're polar opposites in many ways, which which is such a strength uh, when we come together. But I've got a lot of mentors. Pete had, I think I spoke at his uh, funeral and looking out, the entire church was packed front to back, left to right. And three or four close people in his life have stepped up and really been the uh, the voice that doesn't let my youth get ahead of me, I should say. They, they're they so important to me. And uh, Steve Jordan and Jackie Denny and, and just different people that came from his life. My younger brother's my best friend. He's he's seven years younger than me, but we bounce everything off of each other personally and professionally. And he's super successful. And then also uh, I'm, I'm in some roundtable on, on a roundtable with CEOs. And it's really neat because they they can help me not make the mistakes and things that they've learned from. But I also can give them perspective of kind of what their kids are thinking or what their younger employees are thinking. So it's a, a really good mix and uh, aspect of the roundtable that most roundtables don't have when it comes to CEOs. You just spawned another thought for me, and I, I really appreciate that because I do talk a lot about mentorship, sometimes merging leaders, or even if you're mid-career, sometimes we lack those mentors in our life. We may not realize we need them, but I have found later in my life, they are invaluable to either validate what we're doing or open your eyes up to things that you might not see. But I'd love to go in a slightly different direction. Where do you want to take the business? You're doing amazing work right now, but there has to be, should be, could be some vision, whether it's realistic or not. What do you see in the future for your business? Where do I want to take the business? I want to take it as as far as my team wants to take it with me. I think that's a big part of being a leader is having that vision. And I think junk removal is the first thing a lot of people think of when a, a parent passes away or gets dementia. And you don't even think of the new carpet, painting, electrical, plumbing, roofing, landscaping, all the other things that may have been neglected in, in the later age. So so whether we spawn off into all these businesses or whatnot, we're the very tip of the iceberg. And I want to grow it as big as, as my team wants to grow it with me. And I Imagine us having an enterprise someday. Is it simply growth in the area of simply the transaction of removing junk, or there might be other aspects to your point of helping people during a time of transition? I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, it's all about helping people. For us, we help people reclaim their space responsibly, but the, what I enjoy the most is the back end, the, the philanthropy, the uh, helping the nonprofits. I believe the nonprofit world is so competitive in so many ways, but if you if you can bring them all together like we're starting to do at Junk King, they can be so much more powerful and effective. So I probably will go the more community-focused route myself from a, a leadership standpoint and step away a bit from operations as we continue to grow. But every paycheck that I can send home to families and, and have good employees who want to do good for the community is a, a wonderful thing for me. So I don't often ask this next question, and I, I appreciate what you, you've obviously been apparently very successful because it's growing and people are talking about you and people want to align with you. So that's all good. But have there been any lessons along the way, decisions or situations for which you have reflected on and said, I think I wanted to do that a little bit differently, or now I am going in a different direction? What are some things that you've learned as a 
growing and up and coming leader in the community? No doubt. There's there's many decisions I've made already that I, I would go back and change in a lot of ways. But I think the biggest part of it is to grow from the situations that you make a judgment call. You know, I never, one thing growing up, even my parents would always tell me this. It's one of my negative qualities, I should say, is I used to be a little bit too reactive. And even if I was going to go cut the grass when they asked me to cut the grass, I'd complain about it and cause a problem about it, knowing I'd go do it anyway. So one thing I try and do is, is, you know, the old, the old saying, you type an email if you're angry and send it in the morning. I, I try and uh, go to my advisors, the mentors. Um, I think uh, to go back to the mentor discussion, it's, I think, think everyone kind of their goal after they're successful in business is to be a mentor and, and they want to help. So just reaching out to your network, growing your network and meeting wonderful people like you, Deb. I sincerely appreciate that. And I'll just like react a little bit with a quick story. I, I think it comes with maturity, a few gray hairs, maybe raising kids where we learn not to react. And again, we should express ourselves. That's what makes us unique. But I do recall my husband telling me a number of times like, Deb, you could be a plant manager. You could be the CEO of a company. And immediately I would react and say, no, I can't. I don't have those skills. It's too hard. That's not me. But I think if you reflect and just take a moment, maybe not that, but when somebody close to you sees that you can achieve something greater and bigger, it may not be specifically what they said, but when you reflect on the true meeting, they care about you and their advice might be something you want to consider. And I think for our listeners, you should take Jack's advice. Don't always react to the situation. Go to a place of reflection. Seek what good that counsel or that ask was about, because there may be something very powerful that you can act on. Perfectly said. <laughs> now, because again, my daughter, my daughter, I remember she'll try to complain about emptying the dishwasher, God bless her, and eventually she will do it. I think I have to celebrate her strength of character, knowing that she can outwardly complain in a safe space. And you've got a couple daughters and a son, hopefully they show their strength. I Hopefully they are as well. <laughs> well, I can say I react to react in every which way right now, having a four-year-old that wants all the attention and two one-year-olds that need all the attention. It's a, a wild time at home, but we're very blessed. So there are people listening to this that are early and mid-career and you know you were handed an opportunity. You had the right mindset because you'd been in an entrepreneurial space, but there are people out there that maybe, I don't know if I could be a business owner or take on a higher level leadership role. If you had to give some advice to up and coming professionals, what might you share with them, if nothing else, some advice or how they can prepare for the ultimate of having an amazing opportunity like yourself? You know, first and foremost, just always lead by example, especially early on, be the first one there, last one to leave if, if your life allows that. And then finding the best in people. Like you, it's so easy to look at someone and be like, oh, they're not doing this great. Instead, try and recognize and congratulate them for the good they are doing and then provide those tools and resources and guidance to help them grow the, the qualities that you may want to go to at first when you're thinking about them professionally and, and caring about people personally. You really need to. You should want to do that, but to, to actively show them that you care about them personally is so important as a leader. Jack, I think that's such great advice. If nothing else, it's standing out and being more visible and seeing who or what gravitates to that good and kind behavior. Some people may not like it, but others will sincerely appreciate it. And then those are the people that will align with you and that you can lead someday. So I love that. Great things are happening for you. I understand you've got a celebration coming up. Can you tell us a little bit more about that for your business? 
We do. It's We're a 10-year-old company in September. So if this airs before it or after it, uh, we're having a big celebration on September 9th and just bringing everyone together, the nonprofits, the people who have supported our business, our family, our friends. So we're excited for that. It's crazy to think that we're only a 10-year-old business, you know, and sometimes you you want to take that big step on the ladder overnight, but it, it really is about those small steps. And even looking back at things we've done in the last year and two and three years, that's really where the focus needs to be. I think on a podcast, I was listening of yours yesterday, a gentleman you were talking with was talking about climbing the stairs. And if you want to be at the very top of the stairs overnight, you're never going to feel like you're making it. But if you just take that one step at a time and focus on the next step, it, it's a beautiful thing. It is. It's the process. That's the magical part. It's not necessarily the end point, but the courage and the bravery to continue moving forward one step because you'll look back one day and say, I've climbed that ladder. I've climbed that mountain. So this has been an amazing interview. You are so full of energy. I am just grateful to know you personally, your business, as well as other people in your company. I sincerely appreciate you taking me around and getting to meet the people behind the scenes, behind a magnificent brand. It's not just Junk King. It is a business that's changing the lives in the community. If you wanted to share any last thoughts or ways that people can connect with you, what would that be before we bring this to a close? Sure. My email is J and then Brendamore, just the letter J, Brendamore at junk-king.com. So if you wanted to send me an email personally, I'd be glad to chat with you. Um, and then all of our social media handles are Junk King. Cincinnati is the best one to follow. We do own four franchises, but the Cincinnati is where we've really made our home base and we're going to expand the other ones as well. But just to leave with people, be kind, be humble, uh, be community focused, environmentally conscious. We all wear bracelets. A lot of us do that say WWPD. What would Pete do? And we all know the difference between right and wrong. It's when you're faced with that decision, whether it be a minute, an hour, a week, the second you think what Pete McCreary would do, he had the answer. And he would always do what was best for the greater good. If everyone listening could do one kind thing for someone today or this week that they wouldn't have done had they not heard this podcast, that would be an absolute blessing. And I'd appreciate that. Jack, you've been an amazing guest. I sincerely wish you continued success and having a significant impact on people in your community. I am grateful to know you and just want to say thank you. You've been an amazing guest. Thank you so much, Deb. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. My new book, The CEO's Compass, will change the way you think about leadership, navigate rapid transformation, and elevate the leaders of tomorrow. If you're feeling off track, the CEO's Compass Assessment will guide you to peace of mind in days, not months. You can learn more about the CEO's Compass by visiting my website at dropinceo.com. Now go out and lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.